Um, Good morning. <clears throat> Man, I mean, seriously. This is why what? I could never be a singer. That's why? Yeah. All this right. is why. <laughs> Don't mock my beautiful voice. I have missed singing in my car. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, and it's these weird little things. It's the little yeah. things. Should we talk about that on pod? If you want, sure, because you do the intro this time since I'll be doing all the talking, and you can talk about how you miss singing in your car. I will. That's good. Sounded so... Okay. Um, all right, you can begin whenever you want. You're in okay. charge. You're the <laughs> gatekeeper. Yeah. I'm going to drink um, my Gatorade. Are you really drinking Gatorade? Mm-hmm. What color do you drink? Orange. Gross. <laughs> it's the only one I like. I don't know That's why. That's so disgusting. I, 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 yep. I don't know why. I can only tolerate the blue one. Yeah, see, that's wrong, because at least orange corresponds with a fruit or something in nature. Yes. I. Um, hey, let's do a welcome and then talk about your Gatorade problem. Hey, right. um, welcome, everybody. This is Bonnie, and I get to do the introduction because Karen is pulling the weight on this episode. Uh, so welcome to Deconversion Therapy. There's Karen. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> she uh she's ready to go and to tell me about something that I have no idea what it is. That's right. Which will be fun because she had me name this episode Jesus number two, and I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. It's a so whole guess, thing on defecation. Fantastic. Speaking of defecation, we have come to the realization in our talking before the podcast of fascinating tidbits like Karen can only drink orange Gatorade. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, like it's, you know, fact. Exactly. Cause it's the only one, like I said, that corresponds with an actual fruit color. So my, my logic is, well, you know what? It tastes exactly nothing like orange or orange juice, which is fine. Yeah. But it's blasphemous. So that's why I like the blue one. You're not going to like Jesus, too. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I think the blue one is the only one that's tolerable. Um, But, but. yeah, that's just, it it relates to nothing in nature or anything. It's its own entity. It's like comparing instant coffee to real coffee. They don't compare. So you have to just say, this is a different substance. Altogether. Delicious, in my opinion, but I wouldn't serve it, you know, as a trick to somebody if I was a waiter. (laughs) We've substituted this person's coffee with Folgers Instant. I remember Sanka, though. That was like, (laughs) came in this square pack, instant coffee, and for, I don't know, the marketers must have been amazing that they would market that because you would go to a diner and just say, I'd like Sanka. A sank- yeah, because it was decaf. You could. Well, it had regular, but no, I guess you could Sanka also. Was, Sanka was only decaf. What? Yeah. I'm hmm. almost positive because in, um, in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, one of the teachers was like, okay, I'm not great today. I just switched to Sanka. 
Ah. So I'm almost sure it's only I think you're right. It says it's decaffeinated. What are you doing? Looking up things while we're talking? In my brain. Damn it. In your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me also say that we are in the midst of quarantine, in case you're listening to this from a time in the future when everything is gorgeous and -hmm. lovely like it should be. Um, but last night I was telling Karen this beforehand that, uh, I, I stumbled upon a concert by Electric Light Orchestra, which I think is the best group ever. (laughs) And I was like, well, I've heard all their songs, but I, the first bit of the second song in got me hooked and I was, uh, I was like overcome with joy from just the, the music that they were playing. And music is so good like that. Yep. That's it? Yep. Well, no, you were you were also saying what you miss because of quarantine. Oh, well that might have been personal, but um I am I'm not in my car as much as I used to be and so singing in the car was the one place I could sing and, you know, practice vibrato. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> don't laugh. Oh. Um, that is excellent. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that one day I will have the nerve to go to karaoke and sing the song from Smash. Which one is that? Uh, uh, Andrew Rannells sang it in Girls. Um, something about. Uh, I mean uh, the Marilyn Monroe stuff. I don't remember what it's called, but Candle in the Wind. No, 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 no. It's that song from Smash, which was a musical. TV show about Broadway stars oh, doing a I musical. Know. It had Catherine, what's her name? McPhee. Yes, who married her. David Foster? Yes. Yeah. That's but come a, on, David Foster's super handsome and funny. But that's like an 80-year gap. It's not 80. It's 80. I have But my, it's David Foster. Oh, my Hello. God. <laughs> so, Yeah. Like, I, just, I personally would marry Carl Reiner right now. Uh, okay. He's so still funny. It, the, the weird <laughs> celebrity things, I think, I was tweeting on my personal thing, how angry I am that Zoe Deschanel, who is known as, like, quirky and cool and was married to the death cab from, what is it? Cutie. Death cab cutie. Yeah, guy. And... Now, not only is she <laughs> the spokesgirl for, sorry, not only is she the spokeswoman for Crocs, but she is dating the guy from Property Brothers, one of those weird twins. Weird? Yes. <laughs> They're horrifying. Why are they horrifying? They're little children of the corn men who... Uh, they (laughs) scare the crap out of me and they're very vanilla and I just yeah she's everything's ruined for me like when you know I don't know whenever you see these weird matchups and you're like well that doesn't work not on my not how you've sold yourself there so. Yeah, and the flip of that for me is Russell Brand. Why would you be so pat and look for Katy Perry to marry you? I know. Yeah, I agree. All right. But but Zoe Deschanel's house must look awesome. 
<laughs> Good one. Yeah, I guess it does. I don't know. I was yeah. trying to think of all those other weird ones, like when Katie Holmes, they broke up, but Katie Holmes and um, Doodly Doo. Tom Cruise. Jamie Foxx. That. Oh. You know, you're like, what? How? Where do these people meet? How? What happens? But you know what I think a lot? And No, I don't. <laughs> I think there was a time or two where I ended up dating someone because there was almost like you're just hanging out. They're liking you. You, uh, you know, not an obligation, <laughs> But, you know, there isn't like this huge, I want to date and be with this person. But later you just realize, how did that happen? And I'm wondering how many marriages are like that where, you know, you're just like, okay, yes, I'll go out with you. Okay, you know, you really like me and I'm in love with the idea of you loving me. And then later... They're in this weird obligation marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I have gone the other way of, like, um, I get absolutely sick of people if they're around me all the time. Oh. I remember one guy I was dating, we were we were laying out at a pool, and he had to have his hand on me, and I'm like, what the hell? Ooh, well, it's hot. <laughs> Yeah, like get your hand off of me. We see each other all the time. Why would you put your hand on me here? Unless it was the fact that I was partially naked. Right. I mean, was it on your boob or just (laughs) near you? So that's the. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing where, you know. Fortunately, I found someone who knows I feel smothered 24-7. Correct. And I'll say that. And right. he's like, I'm in the other room. <laughs> but still, I feel you thinking about me. Um, yeah, that just understands that I feel like that. And I have one of my daughters is very similar to me in that regard. But oh, gosh. And I remember um, one time when I lived in New York, a guy who I was friends with, oh, he came back one night after he had left my place and we were watching TV or something, and he he professes it to me. And I just was deer in the headlights like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't be saying this. Like, we yeah. can't date. Oh, have you been here when we're together? <laughs> my God. Anyway. Do you realize I don't like your company? Uh, yeah. Well, so that's our anyway. episode. Guys are stupid. <laughs> We've matured a lot. And yeah. But, but some people just have to be with somebody. Yeah. All I think the so time. Too. Right. And, you know, if you're that person, just get a little therapy because... It sounds like we're being cruel, but at the same time, there's some kind of need there that you can learn to uh, satisfy in a different way. And then, yeah, you won't that sounded, push people away. That sounded dirty. I know. but um, And I was talking about some people who need to be with people all the time or the guys that I was dating. 
I'm like, just because we're hanging out doesn't mean we have to be together. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's just, I was just trying to reiterate what you were saying. Like, I gotcha. Oh. I thought you meant, yep. Okay, so. So here we go. Yeah. I'm going to sing that song from Smash at the end, so stick around. <laughs> Tell me about Jesus number two. (laughs) Well, first of all, I wanted to say follow us on all the places and things. Instagram. uh, What what are the other ones that we like? Oh, my gosh. The best thing in the world is the Facebook group that you have to ask to be a part of. (sighs) That's right. And you're not allowed to be a shit pile in because you guys talk about the best things and it's and yeah and then we get funny. to hear it no and one talk argues. with you right yeah it's almost as though people are civil when they realize that they're not being tricked anymore into religious superstitions and that they are not here to judge people or correct them or anything like that. They're just sort of live and let live. So, yeah, it's really fun and, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm getting awake. I'm getting awake. So, well, first of all, I have to tell you about my new office space, My husband and I both work at home. He has claimed for his office the closet under the stairs. (laughs) I now have claimed one wall of our, fortunately, it's a walk-in closet. And I've put up cork board. So that, you know, helps with any echoes. Uh And now I've put up our production calendars. Um, It's very exciting in here. I love it. I put a desk. Oh, I think you showed your desk to the people. The people. Um, but I didn't show them the cork boards. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm looking the at The desk something. was super cute and had levels. Yeah, yeah. It's super cheap. So the less expensive you, you know, the less money you spend, the more levels it has. <laughs> Okay, my trip down the rabbit hole to find out that Jesus is still on earth happened when an ardent um, DM person, I'm not sure if he listens to the podcast, but he definitely is on our Instagram a lot, showed me something about how Jesus actually didn't die on the cross, but he escaped to Japan. And so I went and And so (laughs) I looked that up. I'm going to talk about that another time because they actually don't have any followers. Um, But it's still funny and quirky and interesting. Wait, who doesn't have any followers? The the group of people who believe Jesus didn't die and escaped to Japan? That's the funny thing. There is no group. It's just just a plaque and people (laughs) celebrate around it, but they don't follow that person. It's more just, you know, let's do a festival. We're Shintos, but hey, let's go dance around that Jesus guy's where he's really buried, where he lived and married a Japanese woman. Right. So, so maybe we don't make a whole <laughs> way of living around it. 
we just go and acknowledge, hey, here he is. Yeah, that's exactly what they do. But when I was looking that up, of Mm -hmm. course, uh, God led me through the Google (laughs) to the real Jesus because he kept popping up below. So if you were to live in a beautiful, you know, ecologically sound um, area where people are all peaceful and you don't have to use money and the houses are freaking adorable, the architecture, um, where, just name a country or area that that would be ideal for you. For me? Yeah. Uh, England. Um. Okay. Just like <laughs> rolling countryside, though, or yeah, yeah, okay. like the middle of England, um, where there's just a lot of farmland. Yeah, like so. Where I would Down think like, Abbey was filmed, uh, or maybe like a Sweden kind of place where there are tons of lakes and mountains. You're get you might you might end up being an adherent. I would think more like Costa Rica. Um, I'm much more into like Tahiti, the warmer places. Yeah, it seems hot down there. Well, the second Christ is actually has his whole commune in Siberia, which I would just (laughs) think is not the ideal, but he is Russian. So this guy, he was born Antoli Torup, but he changed his name to Vissarion, which I think is like teacher. And he's Russian. So first of all, this is very fascinating. You know, do you remember when the USSR crumbled? You know, it's, it's a vague recollection. I remember it. You know, very much because when you and I were growing up, we were supposed to be horrified of Russia, and Russia just sounded like this, you know, ongoing evil that was going to come get us and kill us. And I still am for certain reasons. Yes, they they made the idea that they got into our election process. (laughs) They have made a resurgence in the last few years. But, um, yeah, I remember, like, I used to even think World War II and World War One were all, like, us against Russia because we had just been taught Russia, Russia, Russia. Oh, um, the enemy of the Cold War. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought the Cold War was a war, just cold. Mm, and cold. I didn't know it was sort of meaning the cold shoulder, like we're mm-hmm. just giving them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so right when the USSR fell, Russia went into this whole interesting thing because religion wasn't a thing. And then all of a sudden, all these little sects and different things started popping up because they were now able to talk about things freely. Freely. Yeah, people were so Hmm. eager to explore different things. That they were Mm -hmm. jumping in this cult and that cult and doing all this. And they also, uh, a lot of them sort of (laughs) miss. I'm thinking a lot of them would be like, what is this Sanka I hear about? (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> Karaoke? Sign me in. <laughs> what is this smash show? <laughs> so they had all this desire to explore their spiritual sides without knowing anything, like not having any background of what to watch out for or anything like that. And not having any theology that was shoved down their throats to then reject. You got that right. Okay. So they had all that. Plus, um, a lot of them were desiring or needing that old structure that they Mm -hmm. had just let go of where they were sort of, uh, you know, the socialists, you'll be taken care of this, you know, these are your requirements to follow. Once all that was let go of and they had freedom, that doesn't always work for everyone's psyche. So, yeah, I'd love to find that in a place where everybody was treated nicely. I'd be happy with that. I know. You know, if we if we grew stuff from the land and ate it, we all were nice to each other and cared about each other and not there wasn't some crazy guy looking to be in power and kill us with you know, Gatorade or Kool-Aid. Okay. Well, you were halfway. You were halfway there <laughs> getting into this one. Okay. So this guy, he's named Vasarian now because you get to name yourself. Um, he does <laughs> shop at J. Jill. Everything is long and white. He's grown his hair out to look like Jesus. Um, and again, like he's what white. what we say Jesus looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 1990, he said that he was reborn He used to be a cop, and supposedly he was a really good cop. And then he realized that he was Jesus, although first he thought he—this is my favorite part. Uh, (laughs) No, there's too many favorite parts. Um, One of the times he thought that he— was just like a speaker for Jesus, and mm-hmm. that his name was Jeff Lee. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which I'm sure he's like, let me spruce up one of those American names. Let me make an adverb out of the name Jeff. <laughs> so he changed from Jeff Lee to just, you know, that he was Jesus and that he was sent here to be um, the last reincarnation because, and this is so The perfect. last one. The last. Yeah, because no one else could have this happen after. Correct. Okay, go ahead. That, so it's mainly built on a little bit of Orthodox <laughs> Russian stuff, Definitely the Buddhism, apocalypse stuff, because the end's coming, commune stuff, and ecological values. So they really do grow all their own food. Mm. They're vegetarian because they don't believe in killing. Right. And they're on top of this, like, hill in the middle of nowhere in Siberia. So they... Um, so Vice, which I love Vice videos, they sent a guy out there with a camera. (laughs) You have to fly into, you know, some city that has 
18 consonants and no vowels. Right. And then (laughs) you take a three-hour bus ride of hell in mud and everything. (laughs) Then you can only get up there by walking for three hours. Wow. I know. Um, That's commitment. It's t- and it's muddy and you're carrying all your own stuff, so it's really isolated. But this Jesus guy did it right because he made this whole ecological area that then they applied for grants, so they're protected. So mm-hmm. they have, you know, ecological grants from possibly the European Union, um, definitely some of the Russian ecological things. So Hmm. not only does that help support them, but it protects them. And because they're the only people in that area, they're Mm -hmm. also very much in leadership, you know, in, in the town or whatever's down below. So This This is such the theme that we keep coming back to. Like, hey, let's go to this new area, and then we will become civically involved. Yeah. Yep. Mm. We had Rajanish and then Bethel Church in Redding, California. Mm -hmm. So the, the vice guy goes up there, trudges along, and they have a few things that are open to anyone, and you can just come in, and you all stand around. People are all wearing white and down trumps, you know, or floats this Jesus guy in a white robe. Then he puts his hands out, and then he says Mm -hmm. words that people are just blown over, but they're all bumper sticker things it's like you know let's all love each other in this journey we call life you know people are like oh thank you teacher um so but he kept saying and that sounds good i know he kept saying hurry hurry so here's the apocalyptic part i buy into it he says that that earth The society in Earth is destroying the Earth, and we are part of the Earth. The Earth is a living thing. You Mm -hmm. know, the lungs are the rainforest and the Amazon, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And that society can't keep going on. There's going to be like a technological, electrical, some kind of cataclysmic thing that will lead to uh, a flood or a this or a that. So maybe 5G that everybody's concerned about right now. Yeah, yeah. He's probably ready. Exactly. I mean, this is probably juices him up even more because one of the other things is that he talks about that the world will have a virus and we won't. Yeah. (laughs) So people are probably Except that shithead from Vice coming in. I know. Hey y'all. <coughs> <laughs> so I'm sure people are, you know, moving up there in the last year even more so because they this started in like 1990 and he's mm-hmm. saying that the earth 
is, you know, it can't go on this way. So right. everything that we're seeing is actually happening. Unfortunately, he also thought the world was going to end in, you know, this year and that year, and it never did. And so his old writings, he won't let people read anymore. So it's a little convenient. I know. I love the idea of when you think you really know the world is going to end and then it doesn't. And you're like, oh, God, got to come up with new material. Right. And why in the world would you make a date? That just seems like cult leader, you know, fallacy number one that's in their handbook. Never yeah. give the date. <laughs> Just, yeah, that should be rule number one. Never commit to an end of the world date. <laughs> do, do vagaries say right. when it feels like we can't take it anymore or when people start acting crazy, much like revelations that we have when there's earthquakes, <laughs> when there's locusts, when all these things that have been happening since the beginning of time, but they didn't have the Internet. Yeah, but viruses and murder hornets, I mean, we, yeah. golly, he's probably really onto something right now. Yep. So people moved there. They are strict vegetarians. Well, they were strict vegans, but then I've heard they do allow some people to have dairy and cheese, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But What about fish? No fish? Nope. Hmm. I know. wonder if that's because of access or... It's the, be- yeah, the belief system of, you know, Buddhism in there, not harming any living thing and all that. Right. I know that plants okay. live, but eh. Um, so despite uh, vice going there, they're not allowed any vices. <laughs> <sighs> that's a good one. Um. No smoking, drinking alcohol, and money is banned. Although a lot of them work either in like, you know, exchange for goods or down in the town. Right. Um, But then that money obviously gets given back to the community. I put community in air quotes. You can't see it in my nice little uh, (laughs) 18-tiered desk (laughs) that I'm doing. Um, But the group's aim is supposedly to unite all religions, but they're the only ones that will be here once the earth implodes, and they are tasked with starting a new community. Oh, see, it it sounded great until there came the wild card part. There's going to be... Tasked with starting... Yeah. Over. So it's Noah's Ark without a boat. Exactly. Yeah. And without animals, I guess. Right, right. Just a bunch of people. And a lot of people, you know, they say that they have, and they probably do, 10,000 adherents. Now, 5,000 live in this area, and it's all tiered up. Like, there's a, a regular town below, then there's a village of these followers, and then if you're an elite follower, you're higher up physically towards his mansion up there. I could see getting on board with a lower tier follower where you get the benefit of the community, but you really don't have to buy into, okay, you're the last one. Yeah. The last reincarnation and we're going to repopulate the earth kind of stuff. 
Yeah, I could go and, along with probably 25% of it, maybe 50. Well, okay. So we'll start you out at 50 and see where you go from there. Um, but I also think that the whole the whole idea that this guy decided or was told that he was the one is is also very in line with what I think it takes to become a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be the one who tells you what to do and what not to do. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I can't do that on a civic level. I'll do it on a spiritual level. And I'll be making more money and all this stuff. I will decide if I can adhere. Okay. At the beginning. And I won't, I won't just say it to be funny. All right. You're giving the true litmus test. All right. So, well, Siberia, that just takes it down to 3% for me. But... The at the beginning, especially, all the followers were engineers, scientists. I mean, there's a rocket scientist who's mm-hmm. one of the main like minister people. Um, there was a guitarist from a popular rock band in Russia. Um, so probably not as popular as we <laughs> what they would like us to believe. The Paklova. Um, But there is, at the beginning, there were a lot of artists, intellects, and none of them knew how to build anything. So it was (laughs) hit or miss. And now they have, I mean, these chateaus, they're so cute. They're just like a a miniature little Dr. Zhivago buildings. It's really pretty. Can I look at this while we talk? No. No. <laughs> so now I'm going to begin to take things down for you. So before he became Christ, he was very uh, into and amused by um, this local UFO club. He became oh, an sure. <laughs> active part in it. And, you know, I'm not saying there isn't life out there. Uh, but there's a certain kind of 18-year-old who belongs to a UFO club where things go a little, you know, awry. Um, He also got very interested in the occult, and according to one source, he wrote at one time, if I do not become world famous, I will not live on this earth. So that starts... um, Coming up. Now, he was dismissed from being a, a cop for drinking. So he had, Oh, now you told me he was supposedly a very good cop. Now, he was like uh, his partner, who is now the head of something, said if it hadn't been for that, like oh, he okay. was very good. But it, it was interesting the partner later when he was interviewed said, yeah, there was this guy once, uh, he had murdered someone, we were trying to catch him. And once he heard this Vissarian guy's voice, he just suddenly gave up and, and, you know, we could take him in. He said it was almost like he hypnotized him. Wow. And I thought back to some of the things you said about, you know, people can learn how to hypnotize people. And Mm -hmm. if this guy's, you know, into UFOs and reading about the occult, I'm sure he came across a book or something to figure out how he can do that kind of work on people. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Asian blow. Or he's spiritually inspired. Or he's Jesus. It's because we, I we will tell know. you, if Malcolm Gladwell told me to get off a roof and not kill myself, I would I would do whatever he said. Well, I would do That's that. That's a bad example. For anyone. Yes, I know. <laughs> I I hear you. Or Russell Brand. If um, Malcolm Gladwell told me to get on a roof. Okay, there you go. And kill yourself? Now that's... No, and just look over and that things would be all right, and you're not going to be nervous about being that high without a railing. I'd Gosh, go, you're all really, right, you're, I'll you're try not it. getting off the roof metaphor. You're staying I'm up not, there. I'm not climbing. He's just going to tell me I can do something that's tricky and dangerous, but it'll all be okay. Yeah, well, he's just so smart. He is. I know. Okay. And funny. So, but if he touched me while we were laying next to each other at a pool. <laughs> <laughs> You're smothering me, Mal. <laughs> or comb. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> okay, so now um, he does, this Vissarian guy does have a mother, single mother. She had. <laughs> I like that. As though that were something that we were confused about. He does have a mother. Well, that's why you should be confused. He does not consider her his mother anymore. He considers Mary the mother of Jesus his mother. Oh, well, you don't get to pick your mothers. Yep. And so his, quote, mother does live in, like, a house there. But when the vice guy went up, he didn't get to talk to her because she doesn't like the limelight, they say. But think about... <laughs> sure. Think about what questions a journalist would ask. Are you offended that he doesn't recognize you as your mother? Are you... What was he like when he was young? How, you know, she's probably like, this is all BS. I know it, but I get this free house. Yeah, and I'm taken care of, and there's food. Right. So, mm. all right. One of, so he began writing what's called the Last Testaments because he <laughs> said when he was here the first time, he didn't have time to write <laughs> anything himself. So that's why he's here to actually Sorry. write things. And supposedly it's like volume after volume. And in one of the videos, a woman was like, "The all the answers are here. And she reads this gobbledygook that is just double talk that goes nowhere. It's like... The women shall be that of the household of the women, and they shall have of the house womenly houses. You know, just nothing. And that leads me to some of the rules there, which I think you'll enjoy. Um, Mm -hmm. One of them is that you can't drink water. So I don't. Why would I enjoy that? Even I'm. I don't know. Even at the top of this pristine mountain, he says that it's polluted, so they never drink water. They only drink freshly squeezed juices. That's a lot of sugar. Yes. And because there are a lot who can't even afford to do that, they're offered the merciful solution that they can start each day drinking a glass of their own urine which supposedly has the power of neutralizing negative effects of water. Huh. 
Where's her okay. percentage now? <laughs> uh, there, but you can still go for the juice, right? <laughs> <laughs> Only orange Gatorade. Um, they Let all... me just stop you there and tell you that one time I was walking around a Barnes & Noble on the Upper West Side in New York, and I wasn't paying attention to the fact that there was a guest speaker there, but there was a guest speaker, and... It was, uh, there was a bunch, you know, there was a little collection of people listening to him read from his book. And this is what struck me. And that's when I had to start drinking my own urine. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> what I stumbled into? And it was the guy who got stuck in the rocks somewhere oh, out yeah. uh, in the Midwest. Right. No, the West, Northwest, Southwest. Yeah. And, he, and he had to, you know. Cut 128 days or that's it. something. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I just was happily, you know, walking along, probably looking for bullshit things to read. And then somebody who really dealt with crap was there right, talking. Right. And then someone comes up, can I help you find something? Yeah. We're the oh. Betty and Veronica <laughs> comics. <laughs> The odd part is I started to say, yes, where do you have your Archie comics? <laughs> Bonnie and I had quite a collection. Uh, and we would try and imitate them. Um, okay. And then, because uh, J.D. Salinger did that too. He drank his own urine. Oh, Any- I thought you meant Red Archie comics. Uh, that's that was so awesome. Got to start. All right. So... <laughs> They're doing all this stuff. They're drinking urine. Well, unfortunately, two big factors come out and come in light. One is it's very patriarchal, which you sort of get it because this, you know, some dickhead guy is the leader, so he can say whatever. But because it's so progressive, I was not expecting that. So they mm-hmm. have classes for all the little girls, and it's the usual um, sewing and cooking and all that. They don't mm-hmm. teach them anything intellectual, but they do put them through vigorous exercises to keep their <laughs> bodies going. So sure. sure, now it's all sounding like dis- I expected it to. <laughs> exactly, and they showed like. These young girls doing gymnastics, and you're just like, uh. And That's exactly the one I was going to say. Like, we don't want you to just be slim. We want you to be really super fit. Yep. And hmm. a lot of them, um, the, the women, when they're interviewed, they don't have a gaze that's sort of blank and they really contribute in conversation when they're being interviewed. So they don't seem dumb or brainwashed, but they do say how they really like not having any authority. Like they can just be told what to do. And I'm sure this comes from some of the old Russian, you know, system of we just do what we are told. So they're much more used to that kind of societal upbringing. Well, and I would say I'm at like a 25% of, I enjoy a structured environment where I'm told what to do and I can just execute it and I don't have to make the decisions. Right, right. And sort of that routine thing. 
So they have a population boom, baby boom, that's um, nine times that of the other places in Russia. Mm. And they're all related. Yeah. Now polygamy, you know, is encouraged. (laughs) Um, They supposedly do believe in medicine. I've heard a few different things, but there are doctors who are saying that not only have kids died of malnutrition and birth defects are happening and different things because they're not getting enough nutrients just eating the vegetables that they grow. And and not drinking enough water. Exactly. And there's also the issue of, um, hold on, let me find it. If they're drinking so much juice, their teeth are probably in crappy shape too. Yeah. I mean, they looked all good in all the videos. So only a few journalists have gotten to go up there and film and do mm-hmm. things. But they're all on YouTube. And they're really fascinating. And the, so... Part of the things that I found later is that Vasarian's wife is not his first wife. His first wife he had um, a few children with, and then he rejected her. And he married a 19-year-old who had lived with him since she was seven. (laughs) There it is. Yep. And (laughs) he also... all about your wiener. Yep. And he also tried to rape a, you know, like a 14-year-old girl from Belgium. And so all the Belgium, you know, community there, which was, I think, a pretty big part of followers, they all got mad and they all left. So there's definitely... (laughs) I like that you're dumbing it down to tell me about it. (laughs) They all got mad and they left. (laughs) Well, that's the interesting thing. Like, I just found some of this. It's really hard to find Mm -hmm. the, the parts where people leave or whatever. And the one that I found is sort of in a PDF version. And I wonder if there's any, um, you know, a thing where, you know, how you can manipulate Google as to what shows up when you're looking for things and you have to go through maybe a hundred pages and special keywords if you really want to find something. Mm -hmm. That is sort of what's happening. And I don't know if it's because they have all those brilliant people there that they're, you know, purchasing. They're hiding it? What? They're figuring out how to hide it? Yeah, yeah. How to shoot, you know, how to move those things down in the searches. I'm not sure because one of their big things is that they do recorded videos of Vasarian or they write a lot of pamphlets. So they have that whole little, quote, department that's in charge more, of... More pamphlets. Yes. <laughs> so they've got God. their PR department, and I, I'm sure that some of them um, know enough about the Internet that they're doing all that. Now, I'm still stuck on the image of like all the Belgian people like, come on, we're going back to Bruges. (laughs) (laughs) That's not so bad. But that's the thing. Once people give their money and all that, they don't have anywhere to go if they want to leave. And if they're being, you know, not eating enough. So there were some suicides. And then Vasarian said suicide is a totally fine way to 
help the process along because he preaches reincarnation that people come back 10 times and that they can come back um, more spiritually ready to be. But he said he was the last one. Well, he's different, Bonnie. He's Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that other people get to keep coming back and that if you don't have a good spiritual soul, you could come back as someone who's disabled. And that does not jive well with a lot of people, obviously. No. Um, so, yeah, there's been suicides and that they're accepted as, you know, oh, okay, that person's just speeding up the process. That's good for them. They're going to be reincarnated into someone else and blah, 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 blah. Wow. So it's really been altered all these different ways. But the whole society keeps growing. And I just can't understand. They'll have people visit there with the vice guy and wait there, see the guy come down from the mountain. He talks about hurry, you know, hurry. So he always has that thing that we grew up with about Jesus is coming back in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, well, this Jesus is here. So he <laughs> is hurry, hurry, you know, the end of the world's coming and be ready. Although I was wrong before about the date. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably because I was with that wife that was close to my age. And it was very hard <laughs> for me to think. Um, but there could, because of the suicide situation, there are people that say, you know, this could be setting up very much so for a mass suicide. Right. Yeah, God. unfortunately, situation. Who knows? But I think as long as this guy is living high on the hog, which he is, then it doesn't matter because he's getting everything he needs. He's... I think and more. Yeah, exactly. Good gets, Lord, how old must he be? And now he's only like maybe he's 50 or something. And of course, they do their calendar on his birth. So <laughs> it's like the year of 50. Um, but when oh people go up and visit, some of them are very... Uh, uh, you know, how are these people believing this? So there was this one man, I guess in his 30s, and his father was visiting on one of those open days, and he was being interviewed, and he's like, I can't believe my son lives here. We can't get him to leave. Um, and so, but they, they allow relatives in, they are allowed cell phones, they talk to their outside family, etc. Mm -hmm. So this father and wife of this 30-year-old, they all have lunch together with the documentarian. And the 30-year-old is married to an older woman, maybe she's about 50. They seem very happy. They're living on the commune, they want to stay there. And then the father starts speaking to the documentarian. He's like, I can't mm -hmm. believe that he believes this stuff and that this is Jesus <laughs> and that he won't listen to reason. Mm -hmm. And then it goes, 
because we all know that the UFO aliens are coming back in three years, and he needs to be prepared. So it's just this other totally, you know. So this kid was obviously raised in one kook a lot, and he just, you know, had that way of thinking that he could just switch over to this one. Because we all know. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. So it just gets crazier. It gets weirder. There, you know, there's a lot of sorrow with divided families. One guy uh, has been talked about where his wife and kids just left and lived there. And he couldn't get to them because even when he went into the authorities down in the village, there was a picture of Vasarian up. Because, you know, they keep him in their house and, you know, he knew that there was nothing he could do because they're like, you're not the father of Asarian is the father of all and you have no claim and blah, blah, blah. Wow. I know. So it seems like this guy has really set himself, well, let me say that again, has set himself up well with some of his ideas, some of the mind control, some Mm -hmm. of, you know, these things where people are like, yeah, we really just should live on the earth. Or if they're scared and they see the climate change situation, they're like, wait, there was this guy preaching this since 1990. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go up there where nobody can reach you unless they're walking three hours on foot, Mm -hmm. no one's going to attack us. We're all safe up here and we're self-supporting. And yeah. He's cherry picked the things that he wants. Right. uh, Right. Exactly. Hey, want to start a cult? (laughs) Do you want to boink, have sex with younger ladies? Boink, repopulate the earth. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, he's picking and choosing. He's totally... And figuring out ways to put roadblocks in to keep people from leaving. Right. And the people were so primed and ready to have that structure. Once the USSR Mm -hmm. fell, they were interested in spirituality. They didn't have any, you know, knowledge of really how to pinpoint, you know, spot a cult leader in that regard. So they're all... Just totally screwed. And, yeah, I'm a little jealous that this guy found the magic uh, formula before I did. But it's so (laughs) crazy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. So what's your Well, now I can't wait to go and look it up. Yeah, yeah. Because, A, I want to see what he looks like. So the best thing is to Google or YouTube Siberian Jesus. Those are the best. <laughs> Watch the Vice one, and then there's a, a longish one, and there's I don't I can't remember if it's a British man, American man, who does one with such has to be British now that I think of it with such comic disdain that it's mm-hmm. really you know good. He edited it really well, like you know you think it's bad. And then this happens or whatever. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the information I had to really dig for because it doesn't come up very easily. Yeah. 
Hmm. I know. And Russia now is really trying to get rid of the all these sects that popped up everywhere because they are realizing. <laughs> and I, every time you say that, I think you're saying S-E-X. I know. Russia tried to get rid of these sects. <laughs> they hate the sects. Down with the sects. <laughs> Except this guy likes. I would the like sex. to look up the average temperature in Siberia. <laughs> Four. Um, I mean, that's going to make my percentage climb a tiny bit. Well, or that's fall. the thing. Almost everything they show is ve- is in the spring or summer, so it looks really mm. green and great and all that. But it doesn't show how much they must be suffering. Um, and how long is spring and summer? Four weeks? <laughs> they were just there for the day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. But they hmm. had their Sanka. But that's it. That's that's the cult of the second or the week or whatever it is. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really? Siberia? Okay. I know. Okay. But you think about... Like, where you can fi- be super isolated, there you go. I will just tell you the first thing that I Googled is, the climate is characterized by frigid winters. Really? No kidding. <laughs> um, in fact, the coldest inhabited places in the world are found here. The average temperature in January is almost everywhere below 14 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, man. Wow, and, and it goes down to negative 49 in the eastern inland areas. And In July, the average is around freezing. Around? Oh, oh. Yeah, and along the Arctic coast, while it goes up to 68 degrees Fahrenheit in the southernmost areas. Hmm. Wow. And the even worse thing is that um, some people who have just moved there can't afford it live in tents even through those harsh, you know, winters and stuff. But it's fascinating. You should watch it and how people sing and all that. And you're just like, what, what's happening? Okay. It's, it's fascinating. Okay. So interesting. Let me find... Well, I think this is just reaffirming that people want certain structures that their brain can grab onto. Yeah. I mean, we can give you that. (laughs) We are a storytelling animal. And just... Humans. Right. Follow us. um, Give us some money and that's it. I tell you some stories. (laughs) I will shop at J. Jill. I don't mind... (laughs) Okay, wait, I'm going to look up this town's weather. Well, it does get up to, um, it can get up to 78 degrees, but. That is perfect. I think it's colder up on the mountain where they are, which is called City of Sun, which, I mean, (laughs) Florida has that. It's just called. (sighs) Florida. Yeah, Century Village. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) everyone have a good week. Don't look in the eyes of strangers who can hypnotize you and we'll see. And wear your masks because you're a loving person to other people. That's what we should do is draw more eyeballs on the mask. Okay. (laughs) Have a great week. 
Thanks. Bye. Bye.